Uh, here, Jesus and the disciples are traveling through Caesarea Philippi, teaching in the villages. And Peter had just made the confession that Jesus is the Christ. And Jesus has begun to teach his disciples that he must die and be resurrected on the third day. And now, in the spirit of the 8th chapter of Nehemiah, if you're able, would you please stand for the reading to God's Word. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does a man profit if he gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words when he comes in the glory, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Good morning, church. It's great to see each and every one of you here this morning, especially if you're visiting. Thank you so much for coming our way. You are, are our honored guests, and we would like to welcome you and ask you to stick around a few moments after our services so that we might get to know you better. This is a great day. Not because who won or lost yesterday. Not because of how much fun you may have had at the fair or not. Not because even what happened during your life last week are not. It's a great day because we have the opportunity to come together as the body of Christ in the presence of Almighty God and give Him our worship. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for those on our sick list. Uh, Frank Shepard came through his surgery yesterday on his foot. He had infection in his foot. He came through that. So let's continue to remember Frank and Glenda. Remember uh, all those others uh, as we talked about some uh, getting not so good news last week. And so we want to remember them as well. I hope that you've had an opportunity, if you're a member here, to go by the foyer out here and pick up a copy of your directory. Uh, these are, are very useful, and I want to encourage you to use those. <clears throat> but I want to bring your attention to page 5. Page 5. There are six men listed on this page. Albert Brumley, Eddie Brumley, Adam Coleman, Donnie Jean, Eddie Harden, and Herb Stewart. I want you to know something about these men. These men obviously have had the desire to serve in the office of elder, overseer of this congregation that meets here. What does that mean? That means that they have chosen to take on the responsibility of leading the souls of the people who meet here at the Savannah Church of Christ. After meeting these six men back in about March, it didn't take me long to realize these men love this church. These men think 
many, many hours, meditate many, many hours about your souls. These men are not perfect, but these men are striving to be the example of Jesus for all of us. These men have this church at heart. I have the opportunity to sit down and talk to these men. These men are studying God's Word. I look up to these men because they are at a point in their life that, you know, I look at them and I think, man, you know a lot. They don't take that or make that as an excuse. They continue to study the Bible. And I want you to know as your preacher, that encourages me, that strengthens me, and I accept and are honored for the privilege and the honor of serving on the leadership team at this church with them and the other staff. These are great men. Not perfect, but trying to do their best. And so I want to encourage us as a body to constantly pray for these men because they are seeking God's guidance to lead this congregation in the way God would have them to do so. And I'm honored to call them our shepherds. So I want to encourage you to pray for these men and all of our church family. I do want to mention something that uh, we've had the opportunity to do this past week. The staff and a few of the elders had the opportunity to travel to Mount Juliet, Tennessee and to visit with their staff and their elders uh, this past Thursday. Not to try to learn what they do and bring it back and do the exact same things they do. No, it's because of what I'm saying. These men care about this church. And they're learning and they're gathering ideas to figure out what we can do here so that we can continue to be a great church but even move forward to being a greater church. Not so we can pat ourselves on the back, but so we can say, it's all about God. Many of us yesterday sat and watched football. Have you ever wondered about those young men who go out and play that game? I mean, they go out and battle. They go out and, and, and risk a lot to enter in that battle, the game that we call football. What makes them do such a thing? What makes them give up Many, many hours they could be studying or, or having a lot of fun. What makes them give up those things so that they can do what they do? Well, it might have something to do with the word we're going to look at this morning. Commitment. What does it mean to be committed? If you guys will move to the next slide here, I, I put this picture up here to, this guy is jumping. There's no bridge. What does it mean to be committed? You see, to be committed means I've made a firm choice. This guy is, he's made a choice. I'm jumping. It, it means that, that I'm not worried about keeping my options open. Looking for a, a way out. It means that I wholeheartedly pursue something not worrying or leaving contingency plans that I might fall back on. It means that I'm 100% sold out to a person, to a cause, or to a goal. 
Not leaving anything in reserve. I give it all. That's what it means to be committed. And so I ask myself and I ask you, am I that committed today? Have I made that kind of commitment? This morning as we think about making a commitment to Jesus Christ and as we're thinking about committing our lives to Him, I want us to notice three things about commitment. Number one, commitment requires a decision. Did you see what Jesus said? Jesus said, whoever desires or whoever would come after me, whoever desires to save his life, There has to be a decision when it comes to a commitment. Whoever would come after me indicates you have to make a decision. I have to make a decision. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. On April the 21st, in the year 1519, the Spanish explorer... Hernando Cortez sailed into the harbor of Veracruz, Mexico. He only had with him about 600 men. And over a two-year period, he was able to come, overcome, despite being outmanned, overcome the forces of the Aztec Empire. And all their warriors. Making him the conqueror of all of Mexico. But what's interesting is there had been two prior expeditions to try to do the same thing. And they had failed to even establish a colony on Mexican soil. What was the difference? You see, when they sailed into the harbor, after Cortez and all of his men, or or Hernando, uh, after they had uh, unloaded all of their men and all of their provisions, Cortez looked at his men. And he ordered the entire fleet of 11 ships to be destroyed. And as those men stood on that shore, they watched their only hope for return to Spain sink in the ocean. They knew there was no return. For now all they saw was empty ocean. And they had a choice to make. They had a decision. Cortez wanted them to choose the right decision. And that decision was to either move forward and conquer or die. And as a result, Cortez conquered that world. In 1 Kings chapter 19, I want you to notice something about Elisha. Verse 19 Elijah had been told by the Lord in in the uh, verses 15 and following to go and return your way and, and anoint these men kings. And then he says in verse 19, So he departed from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the twelfth. 
Then Elijah, the prophet of God, passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the, oxen, uh, the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. So Elijah comes and, and somewhat calls Elisha to come and be his servant. Elisha was just a simple farmer. And he says, but, but Elijah, if you will let me just go back and tell my parents goodbye, then I'll follow, come and follow you. But I want you to notice a phrase that Elijah tells Elisha. He says, go back again for what... Have I done to you? It seems that he's saying, I'm not over you. I'm not in control of you. I've just given you a decision. The decision is up to you. And the Bible says he takes the tools, the oxen's equipment, and he creates a fire. And he kills the oxen, and he boils them, and then he gives that to the people. What, he, what did he do? He took everything he was using and he turned it over and he says, I will follow you. Do you remember the song that we sometimes sing, Light the Fire? See, Elijah, he made a decision that he was going to be on fire for God. I want you to notice the words here on the screen. I stand to praise you, but I fall to my knees. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak. Light the fire in my soul. Fan the flame, make me whole. Lord, you know where I've been. So light the fire in my heart again. I've often thought about some of those last Phrases, Lord, you know where I've been. We may not know where each other has been, but the Lord knows. And in that song, we sing and make the statement, Lord, light your fire in my heart again. You see, when we make a decision to be on fire for God, it makes a difference to those we are around. Have you made that kind of decision today to be committed to have God's fire in your heart and to go on your way sharing His message with others? You see, to be committed means we have to make a decision. But then, look at the next thing. To be committed means, Jesus says, requires sacrifice. Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up His cross daily and follow Me. Have you ever thought about the idea of a cross? You see, we make crosses to be something glamorous and glorious, and the cross never was anything glamorous or glorious. The cross meant sacrifice. The cross meant suffering. And that's what Jesus has done for us. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, Paul says, 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You see, sir, sacrifice means giving up something for something else. It's reported that a conversation took place on the barnyard between a, a hen and a pig. And they were discussing the idea of human hunger. The hunger around the world among people. And so they were talking about what could be done in order to eliminate some of this hunger throughout humanity. And so they developed a plan, or at least one of them did. The hen said to the pig, Alright, this is what we'll do. Because people are hungry, this is what I propose. I propose that every morning we offer them a ham and egg breakfast to all these hungry people. The pig looked at the hen and he said, For you all that requires is involvement. But for me, it requires total commitment. Total commitment. Is that, is that not what Jesus has done for us? He left the glory and splendor of heaven, the protection of Father God to come to this earth, to walk on this earth, to be the example to show us who God is. To establish His church, to pave the way for salvation and to go to that cross and to be, to take our place, to be our sacrifice. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. John three sixteen and 17. That's the kind of sacrifice Jesus has given for us. And the question Barry has to ask himself, what will I give to God? You see, what God wants from us is us. God doesn't really want our money. God doesn't really want our time. God doesn't really want our talents. God wants us. Why? Because when we fully, totally, wholeheartedly give ourselves to God, guess what? We will give of our time. We will give of our money. We will give of our talents all to the glory of God. One of my favorite songs, I've said it here before, and I'll say it again, is When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. I want you to notice these words. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my riches gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my Lord, all the vain things that charm me most. I sacrifice them 
to His blood. See from His head, His hands, His feet, sorrow and love flowed mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet? This is my favorite verse. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. You see, when we make a decision to be committed... It requires a sacrifice to be made. For that's the example that Jesus set for us. And then finally, it requires service. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 31. 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Talking about Hezekiah. You see, commitment also requires service. And we see this from Hezekiah. We see his decision. We see his service. 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Notice verses 20 and 21. The Bible says, Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah. And he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. That was his decision, his commitment. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment, to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, so he prospers. Remember one of those definitions of commitment? To wholeheartedly pursue something. Hezekiah did that with all his heart. You see, Hezekiah was totally committed to the service of God. He was wholeheartedly decided to commit his life to the Lord and to the service of the Lord. God asked us to be totally committed, to decide to be totally committed to Him, to make sacrifices because He did that for us and to dedicate our life in the service to His kingdom. Now you may think, wait a minute, boy, that's a a big commitment. And I would say, you're right. But the Bible teaches us that Jesus came to set us an example that we should follow in His steps. And He gave that kind of commitment. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28 Jesus talks about His purpose. And the purpose was that He would come not to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. I think about Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. In verse 24, He talks about a choice. He talks about a choice of service. And he said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will cling to the one, be loyal to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. God says you have to choose. You have to choose who 
you will serve. Turn over to the book of John chapter 13. John chapter 13. You know the story well. Where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Jesus takes that towel and He takes that basin of water and He takes on the form of a servant and He goes around and washes the disciples' feet. And I want you to notice what He says to these apostles next. Verse 12. So when He had washed their feet, taken His garments and sat down again, He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent him greater than he who sent him. If you do these things, blessed are you if you do them. I wonder, in the wisdom of our Lord, if in challenging these apostles to serve one another, He knew that they would overcome the questions and the discussions that they had had once before. Who would be the greatest in the kingdom of God? They were worried about who was going to be the greatest. And Jesus says... I, your Lord and Master, Teacher, Rabbi, you say that's what I am. I have taken on the form of a servant and I have served you, even you, Judas Iscariot, who I knew would betray me. And He washed their feet. And then He says, just as I have done, I want you to do to one another also. I wonder in Jesus' wisdom if He knew, apostles, if you are busy serving one another, being committed to serving one another, then you will not have time to argue about who's the greatest. You will not have time to put each other down and say, I'm better than you because I can do this, or you can't do that. And He said, I'm not only telling you to do this, I am showing you by example. I wonder how hard it was for Jesus to bend down and wash the feet of Judas. He says, what I want for you, my people, is to be committed to me to deny yourself many times and to serve one another. This is the example that I have shown you. This is the example that I want you to do to one another and show to a world that says, serve me. That didn't just begin, by the way. We read that all through Scripture. A world that Jesus lived in and walked in. A world that the New Testament church was established in was a world that says, it's all about me. And Jesus says, even the Savior of the world, it's not all about me. Jesus, the Savior of the world, said, it 
is about God. And Jesus wanted those disciples to know. You see, when it's in your life, when you make that commitment, and in your life, when it's all about God, you can take off self-pride. And you can hug people. And you can love people. And you can do things for people. Not always because they deserve it. But because we have committed to serve. Because we've fully committed to God. This morning, it's our prayer. Are you a New Testament Christian? Have you made that decision to commit your life to Jesus Christ? All through the book of Acts, we see as those people went about teaching, people saw the miracles of God. They saw the great things that were done by the apostles. They heard the great message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they said, I am ready to commit And those individuals, those apostles and individuals, they took those people who said, I declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Not only do I declare it, not only do I voice it, I'm ready to show it. And they said, I'm ready to die to that old self. And they took them down in that watery grave of baptism to say as a declaration to the world, I am turning it all over to God. I am giving my life to Jesus Christ and come up out of that watery grave of baptism and go on your way rejoicing because now you have received new life. You have committed your life to Jesus Christ. Have you done that? If not, it's our prayer that you will do that today. The eunuch in Acts chapter 8 says, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And he was. Maybe you're here today And you're carrying a lot of burdens. We want to be a church that shares with each other, that cares with each other, that prays with each other. Maybe those burdens are too heavy for you to carry this morning. I want you to look around at these people. These are people who love and care for you. And they want to pray with you. Will you do that today? Maybe it is you're here today and you're still searching. You've given your life to Jesus years ago and you're still searching because you've been drawn away and you're here today and you want to rededicate, you want to recommit your life to Almighty God, you can do that. Do you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation? If you do, don't wait another moment. But come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing. I have